Inez. Welcome to the first episode of We Speak Dreams. When your dream is bigger than yourself, extraordinary things seem to happen. The year is 2020 and Jacqueline Góes de Jesus is the phenomenal scientist from Northeastern Brazil who has just discovered the genetic sequencing for COVID in two days versus the worldwide average of two weeks. Suddenly, Jacqueline goes from being a scientist to a full-fledged public figure. She opens up her Instagram account one day and the follower account has skyrocketed. She can't even keep track of her messages and her friends make a little bit of fun of her newfound influencer status. But unlike Jacqueline's overnight rise to fame, her story and her work are a result of many, many years of passion, dedication, extremely hard work, amazing scientific contributions, and very, very big dreams. Jacqueline is currently a postdoctoral research fellow at University of Sao Paulo. And before COVID ever happened, she's been intensely focused on helping Brazil and the world fight deadly diseases. She's been crucial in helping to understand and combat some of Brazil's fatal viruses like Zika, Chikungunya, and Dengue. She's an incredible and accomplished scientist, an inspiration, a healer, and a dreamer. Now, let's fast forward to the year 2033. Alyssa Carson just stepped on that amazing red planet, Mars. She is the first person to make it out to Mars. But fun fact, she didn't just step on Mars, she actually kicked a soccer ball up there because she played competitive soccer growing up. When she was just three years old, Alyssa discovered her life's calling to be the first human to explore Mars. Since she was three, Alyssa has been working towards making her dream a reality. She is the youngest person to ever graduate Advanced Space Academy. Alyssa likes to build robots and she's already written her first book, So You Want to Be an Astronaut, with really great tips for other young aspiring astronauts. Alyssa is an inspiration and someone who is constantly advocating for girls and women to follow their dreams. I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome these two phenomenal women to the first episode of We Speak Dreams. You guys are both so inspiring. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Awesome. So, well, I, as I was preparing for this interview, I was thinking, do you guys think that we could ever expect a Jacqueline and Alyssa collaboration? Because, you know, Alyssa, I know that you want to bring back some awesome samples from Mars, and Jacqueline could probably be really excited about analyzing those with you. And also, I just want to tell Jacqueline that maybe you can start preparing for the mission to Mars as well. Maybe not the 2033 one, but maybe an upcoming one that Alyssa decides to go on afterwards. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> well, maybe this is the start to that great collaboration for when we come back and bring some pre pretty cool, maybe some new bacterias or something from Mars. So who knows? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, would be awesome. Be amazing, amazing to work with Elisa. I really think that maybe this could be a good uh, point of collaboration. And I really believe that we will find some bacterias or maybe fungus or maybe some viruses in Mars. So maybe this could happen. So I think one of the really cool things about both of you is that your dreams are like literally larger than yourselves, right? They're larger than your neighborhood. They're larger than your country. They're larger than a region. Uh, your dreams transcend borders. And they're really dreams and achievements for humanity. 
and you guys have been focused on this since you were so little. So Jacqueline, as a young kid, you really wanted to cure HIV. That's not the most common dream for a little kid, and this has propelled you towards the brilliant achievements and incredible career that you're just starting to build at only age 30 right now. So I can't imagine all the amazing stuff you're gonna do. Actually, I, I have some thoughts, but I know that you're just getting started. So tell us about how you got the idea to want to cure HIV as a little girl. This whole start, start with my family, and especially with my mom, because um, she worked uh, the whole, the, the, her whole life in a hospital. And I was just like a kid going to the hospital to pick, up, to pick her up. And I always saw some people with this lab coat, white, white coat, and they were doctors. So I just uh, grown up. In this way, I want to be a doctor. And the main things about being a doctor was just to heal people. And I heard about HIV when I was a teenager for the first time. And I thought so many people suffered in the world with this disease that I could help it. So I started thinking about being a doctor just because I wanted to heal people from HIV. You know, it's really interesting to hear you talk about seeing those people in lab coats and your mom and that influence, do you think that, where do you think that that desire to like understand, heal and cure comes from for you? Uh, I think that uh, I, I, I heard about healing people from my, always from my family, especially because my mom always talked about uh, the baby she was treating and, and trying to help in the hospital. So I always heard her about uh, this passion of treating people and caring of them. And I also heard about healing people in the church because I, I went to the church. I used it to go to the, to the church. It's probably from my, my family. And I think that maybe if in this whole process, uh, offering better living conditions to people and contributing to the discovery of new health approaches, maybe I can help people to heal or prevent deaths, which is better. Awesome. Um, so Alyssa, when you were just three, you found your life's calling. You saw a cartoon where the characters went to Mars and you had a really important conversation with your dad. It was a career conversation. He didn't know that at the time, but it was clearly a career conversation at three. Um, and, and you've talked about how as you've gotten older, your dream has evolved and you've come to understand how important eventually colonizing Mars will be to help us preserve humanity. So I was wondering what you think fuels and inspires you to have such a big dream that really is a dream for all of humanity. Yeah, I mean, when I was, you know, three or however young, you know, uh, deciding that I wanted to do all of this, um, really what was getting me interested was just the curiosity of it. Um, there wasn't too much thinking going into it. Um, my dad basically just told me a little bit about what he knew from going to the moon, but he said that no one had been to Mars before, so I was like, well, that's another place we can go. Um, and so I was just kind of thinking, you know, well, I could go to Mars and figure out what's there, um, just because it was such a new place to discover. But 
um, kind of like you said, as I've kind of grown up and learned more about the mission, learned more about space in general, um, and especially learning more about the benefits of going to Mars, has kind of shifted more to be kind of what motivates me and my passion, um, just because I now see how beneficial the space program is and how important it is to continue pushing our own personal boundaries. Great. Um... Alyssa, I love how one piece of advice you give in your book, and I know that you talk about this frequently, is, you know, always be talking about your dreams. You never know who's going to be listening. And I know that that's not necessarily natural for a lot of people. You know, people are sometimes embarrassed to say, like, I have this huge dream, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to achieve this. And especially, you know, women and in other cultures, sometimes we're a little bit shy and that's kind of frowned upon even sometimes. But what I think is really cool is that you guys have both been really vocal about what you want to achieve. And that's really helped you guys in a lot of ways. Um, in fact, you've both kind of talked to, you know, your dreams to strangers and it's influenced your life course in pretty serendipitous, magical ways. Um, Jacqueline has a really amazing story about being a young woman and having a stranger sort of influence your career path. As you said, you initially wanted to be a doctor and we wouldn't be having this conversation had that stranger not intervened. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that experience and that story. Well, this story is really funny and kind of interesting at the same time because when I was preparing myself to enter, to get into the medical school, I met a bookseller and she sold books with curative receipts in public transportation uh, that was uh, I was using. And every day I, I met her and heard the same his story about uh, the receipts that people could you would find in the, in the books. And some of the, these receipts are, were just to cure some uh, diseases. And one of the diseases she, every, every uh, day, said it was about diabetes and I I heard that every day and I was oh she's she's doing this again again and some someday I just uh, one day I just uh, negative hair and said that she couldn't say that because diabetes doesn't have a cure and the next day she came back with the answer to me and told me that someone I think he her advisor or something or supervisor something like this and he confirmed the this information that diabetes doesn't doesn't have cure yet and she told me uh, actually she asked me what we will do uh, in the in the future and I, I told her I am studying to be a doctor and she said to me uh, my supervisor told me to tell you that you should be a biomedical scientist. And I have never heard about this. And so when I get home, I, I just went to the internet and look at in the, in the Google, what is a biomedical scientist? And I just feel passionate about this profession. And, and now I am a biomedical scientist because <laughs> I actually discovered that I, I I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to have this contact with patients, but uh, working in the backstage and uh, discovering some things that would help doctors to 
to treat their patients. So it's just like this. That's such a cool story. Wow. Amazing. Um, and Alyssa, like, I know that you have a lot of stories kind of along these lines, but one that I was super interested in, I thought was really cool, is that you were on a panel um, talking about astrophysics and how interested you were in that. And then there was someone else on the panel talking about astrobiology. And uh, I understand that you guys had a conversation and that astrobiology is much more in line with what you actually want to do. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and talk about, you know, this idea of manifesting your dreams and what you want to achieve even with strangers, because I know that that served you really well. And I think that so many people can learn from that. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, that particular panel, you know, I was 12 years old at the time. Um, I had, you know, kind of like an idea as to what I wanted to study, but definitely I wasn't like set in stone just because I still wasn't completely sure what it all meant and, um, you know, what college would even be like. And so basically on the panel I had, um, you know, someone asked me kind of my plans for the future or, you know, what I would potentially want to study. And I had mentioned astrophysics just because it was like the thing that wasn't engineering and it wasn't, you know, becoming a pilot. It was some kind of science that, you know, I would be able to do research, but it wasn't directly um, necessarily building things or, you know, putting other stuff together. And so it was kind of just like the only thing that I saw fit at the time. Um, and so it was really interesting. The other panelists, there were several people with PhDs, an astronaut um, on the panel, and then afterward, um, the astrobiologist, which happened to be on the panel, and at this time I didn't know what astrobiology was. Um, I had never heard of it before. Uh, she basically just said that she, it really stuck out to her that I had mentioned that I wanted to do astrophysics. And so she just came over and she said, you should do astrobiology and let me tell you why. And she basically just gave me a rundown as to what astrobiology was and all the different research um, that you'd be able to do with it. And so the thing that really drew me to it and the thing that I thought was so amazing was, you know, when studying astrobiology, you can study anything from bacteria to entire solar systems. So your kind of, your ability to study what you want is always there. You're always able to kind of change around, um, but you still always have that connection to space. You know, if you want to study plants in space, people in space, um, actual plants, Planets, and so it just kind of varies and so that really caught my interest especially when looking at a mission to Mars because obviously we would know some experience uh, some experiments that we would want to do on the mission to Mars however you know let's say you're a biology major and your focus is biology but then we have you know some kind of chemistry experiment or someone who may need more of a of a chemical background to do something. So I always thought that more of a variety would be helpful on a mission to Mars and astrobiology is kind of like that. When you were nine, you got to meet uh, the astronaut Sandra Magnus at space camp. And you found out that Sandra wanted to be an astronaut at the age of nine too, which was a really cool coincidence. And I know that that was a really formative moment for you. And it was important because you saw someone like Sandra and said, wow, I can definitely you know, make my dream a reality. Um, can you take us back to that day, to that conversation? Yeah, I mean, so I got to meet um, Sandra Bagnish. They, there used to be like these little like day camps or like day little festivals more like 
um, and they were kind of all over the country and so they had actually come um, to my city and so that was super exciting but it was basically just to try to get more girls interested in science so they would have you know making slime making solar system bracelets or you know little like just fun experiments um, or a little tasks to get girls starting to thinking about science and they usually had a guest speaker and this time they happened to have Sandra Magnus um, speaking and so I got the chance to speak with her which was super amazing but really her explaining her story and um, you know talking about how she was so young when she got into this really just pushed me and made me realize that it didn't really matter how old I was um, that I had gotten into all of this, that it could still become a reality, um, and to not really let how young I was at the time kind of discourage me from pursuing it. Amazing. I love the story about how you were on that panel when you were 12, and it was like a bunch of PhDs and astronauts, right? That's incredible. Did you feel intimidated at all? Like, I wonder how that felt. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like the first, I guess, kind of more like official speaking thing I had ever done. Um, I think before that, the only thing I had done was like speaking to like a couple camps. Um, we had like a, a family friend who ran like a 4-H camp and she wanted me just to talk about space because it was something different that the kids hadn't learned about, um, which was like a whole bunch of really bad speeches on my part, but that's okay. Um, so it was definitely like the first more official um, speech. It was definitely, you know, a little awkward and, just kind of getting used to speaking, but uh, I definitely kind of got more comfortable the more I was on the panel and it was super fun because afterwards people started asking like me all sorts of questions instead of the PhDs just because they're more <laughs> curious like, who are you? Like, where where did you just all of a sudden pop out from? And so anyway, it was pretty cool. Um, so you have been, you know, you've become a role model for a lot of people too. Both of you have. Um, Alyssa, what is the most like meaningful experience or moment you've had so far as a role model? Like it could be, you know, meeting someone, a conversation you had would be really curious to, to know. Yeah, I mean, there has been a whole lot of, you know, special moments. I mean, even going and doing, you know, very small speeches and, you know, I remember sometimes I'd go to like local schools around like Louisiana and, you know, sometimes there would only be, you know, 10, 12 girls sitting in there. Um, but, you know, even afterward, just hearing them like, oh, I want to be an astronaut, or oh, that sounds so cool, or um, oh, I'd love to go into science, you know, just like those little moments that kind of just like happened along the way are like definitely the most beneficial and um, just the most motivating to want to continue speaking, um, because especially when looking at kind of a space career and looking at the space program, it takes tens of thousands of people to send one astronaut into space. And so we have to inspire those tens of thousands of people now and, um, you know, get their in interest now. So that way we can continue pushing uh, in space. Fantastic. Um, and Jacqueline, you are a huge role model for so many people. I would love to know what it's like to wake up and literally become like an overnight influencer and a mainstream success. Like what has that transformation been like from an everyday scientist to like a real role model, an influencer? Tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, everything's still very new for me. I think uh, <laughs> I don't have a complete dimension of everything that is happening to me right now mainly because my life in the lab remains the same. In fact, it has much more work now during the pandemic. 
and I realized that people started looking at me uh, just like a representative people uh, person and as a black woman and a scientist which in Brazil it has been uh, and it, it has been it's still uh, are something that it's not common it's not normal so people uh, just look at me and say I can be like her and this is really cool uh, to know that I, I inspire so many people even though I don't have much idea what I can do actually to change their lives but knowing that I motivate people uh, proceeding this dream and this kind of uh, uh, achievement is it's really cool it's really interesting something really new for me I don't know how to to lead it with this yet but it's really different um, and it's good it's a good sensation amazing I mean you know we've talked a little bit about how you've been getting uh, really cool messages and heartfelt messages from people writing to you from all over Brazil and all over the world what has been the most significant moment so far for you I don't know like a conversation or maybe you realize wow like this is you know blown out of proportion from what I expected yeah so far I think the most significant experience I've had it was hearing from many people uh, especially parents that they they were showing my 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 work and my my story to the to their children and they expect their children to be inspired by me so I think that this is the bias, the most uh, thing uh, interesting in the moment, especially because I didn't have this in my, in, when I was a child, I didn't have uh, people who I can, I could look and inspire to be, uh, for example, a scientist, especially here in Brazil, that was something uh, very close, uh, an, uh, an area very close. So I think it's, is I think is in this way possibly people dream about being a scientist and, and show them that it that is possible even if you if you don't have uh, many money so much money so I think this this is the great thing of being um, a model. In this yeah, way. amazing, and I think that both of you are really paving the way for so many people, women you know, that maybe didn't even know, like Alyssa said, like an astronaut is not the first career maybe girls think of today. I really hope that that changes. And I know that the work that Alyssa is doing is so important. And Jacqueline similarly, like I think that you guys both are really paving the way for, for so much innovation and much needed change in that sense. Very cool. Um, you know, obviously you guys are heroes for a lot of people, but I'd love to know who your own personal heroes are. Like, is there someone, if you could meet just one person, who would that person be and why? Um, I mean, there's definitely a few. I mean, Elon Musk is kind of at the top of that list. Um, I would definitely love to meet him. I think his story in itself is pretty incredible, kind of everything he's been able to achieve, you know. Um, just starting a company, being able to sell that, and then decide to start a space program um, from that success, I think is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, he's definitely kind of at the pretty top of that list just because, um, you know, his company has done 
just wonders for the space program and all of the ideas that they've had so far um, have kind of been game changing uh, in so many different ways. You know, it kind of makes everyone sit back for a second, like, huh, why didn't I think of that? And um, <laughs> kind of like just sat back for a second and really thought like about how to solve these problems. And so many of them are money, um, money saving problems. And so we're able to actually do more in space. And I think with in general with the private industry coming into space, I definitely think that there's about to be just like a huge explosion in space of so many people working, so many people going to space, so many people interested in it. Um, I just think that there's about to be a whole lot of things happening um, in the space program. With this uh, new thing in my life, I, I've met some people that I, I was a big fan, which, which is really good because I never thought it would happen. But I think my my reference there, uh, there, they came from uh, not long time ago. So I am reading some books from uh, Angela Davis, for example, which is a great author, and I really wanted to meet her. And I have a passion for Viola Davis also. So. <laughs> Maybe I think she she's an actress that I I could I would like to to meet. It's just like uh, some 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 time in my life I used my hair just like her, and people would say, "Oh, you are looking just like my holidays. And I was, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> but I think there are two people that I I would like to to meet and have a conversation and try to um, uh, spend some time and. Um, learning more and more about her, their lives. And I think it's, it should be like this. And what is specifically like for Viola or even Angela, like what draws you towards wanting to meet them? Yeah, I think Viola is because all the shows, the TV shows that I, that I watch. And I think she's um, a strong woman. Uh, especially because uh, her color and uh, she's fighting and trying to be um, a, a voice for anti-racist uh, actions. So this is really strong right now. I, I really want to, to meet her and talk about this. And I think Angela is just because she's a genius and, and I, I I don't know. Maybe I was just thinking, how can a current person uh, have so many important ideas about uh, our situation, thinking about racism, racism and, and and this kind of thing. So for me, it would be a pleasure to meet her, really, and have a time have time to talk to her about her ideas and never thinking she has wrote cool love it let's see if we can make those happen one day i, I love love the idea of elon love the idea of viola love the idea of angela i think angela is actually in brazil maybe yeah. that so you know closer than you think always yes um, so when you guys are dreaming big uh there can be a lot of people that come around to like crush those dreams and I know that there are a lot of people that are probably watching this that are like, you know, working on something really big, kind of insane. 
people might think they're insane because different ideas are always kind of seen as you know different and, and can be looked at as kind of you're crazy that'll never work um so i was wondering if you guys could both talk about a time where maybe you almost gave up and why you didn't give up on your dream yeah um i mean for for me kind of it wasn't necessarily um a time of fully giving up i would say but i would say that when the space shuttle program ended in 2011 um there was just kind of like this huge gap in the general public, you know, even some people in my family thinking that like space was closed, there weren't astronauts anymore, like we were just done in space because the space shuttle had retired. Um, and, you know, I even had like people in my family come up to like me and my dad and be like, oh, what is Alyssa going to do now that there aren't astronauts anymore? Like, like, what does she want to do with her life now? And so there was kind of that huge gap of um, just kind of wanting to educate and kind of wanting to get out there and kind of explain that. But it was definitely kind of like just a difficult time of trying to always have to explain my dream and explain that it wasn't, you know, necessarily crazy that there were astronauts still and that there were plans to, you know, possibly go back to the moon, go to Mars, you know, there's a new rocket being built, there's a new capsule being built, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. So um, I also, you know, really believe that so much of what we do in space comes from public interest. And without that public interest, I don't believe that we are going to achieve such great things like go to, going to Mars and um, going back to the moon or anything like that. And so that kind of, that period of time, you know, I just felt so much of that public interest just instantly drain out from the space program. And so, um, yeah, I was just kind of wanting to get that interest back to the people um, so that, you know, something like this could happen. Um, so it has been pretty incredible to see, you know, more stuff come out, you know, now you see Mars and movies and TV shows and commercials and, you know, astronauts in space kind of here and there and everywhere. So it's definitely making a comeback, but yeah, that period of time would probably be like the roughest, I would say. Wow, super interesting and awesome that you were able to navigate that. I love how you educated people. I think a lot of times it, if you let people just tell you their thoughts and sometimes they're not on the inside, right? It can be really discouraging and you can kind of go into that. So really big kudos to you too for, for sticking with that and letting people know what was up. In the academic environment, we are under a lot of pressure and this pressure is for producing to be active all the time. And I thought about giving up in several times. <laughs> it was not one time. So it's, it's really difficult because uh, science is very competitive. So uh, you have to be the best every time you can, you can have a day rest for example so sometimes i am at home and i i am in my day off and i am working <laughs> doing things for for the group for for some research or some uh, experiment for example so it's it's kind of uh, you you don't have uh, space for, for brief or for do uh, things that you want if you if you if you uh, are not in the lab, so it's difficult, and I I, I tried to to give up several times, and my my family was 
uh, was there giving me support and supporting me not to give up because they believed that it would be a great thing one day and it has become. So I am really grateful from them because I, I think if it, if it wasn't them, I, I, could, I could not be here today, for example. So Yeah, well, thank goodness you didn't give up because you know, we, your contributions have been incredible. Uh, really, really inspiring to hear like how you navigated that and, and overcame those challenges and, and very cool to know that your family is a big supporter too. Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the really fascinating things about both Shakilini and Alyssa is that you guys both knew really early on what you wanted to do. So in Alyssa's case, this was super specific. She knew that she wanted to be the first human to go to Mars. In Jacqueline's case, uh, she knew that she wanted to do something related to medicine. And I talk to people all the time, not just young people, but older people too, who don't know what their dreams are. And I'm wondering, as two amazing women who have been so good at catching their dreams, not only catching them, but turning them into a reality, uh, what advice do you have for those people who, you know, don't even know where their dreams or what their dreams are? Yeah, you know, what I usually like to share with, you know, kids I talk to or, you know, whoever it might be that's kind of interested in hearing, I guess, um, is really, you know, it's, it's so important to start early and start looking at all the possible options that you can go into. You know, I always think that's awesome to kind of relate it back to school. You know, what subjects do you enjoy? You know, let's say you enjoy math, you know, you can go and become an engineer, a math teacher, which are two completely different fields, but both can kind of revolve around your interest in math. And, um, you know, I think that that's kind of a great place to start. Um, but also, I think it's also important that we start kind of straying away from just like the typical jobs that kind of everyone is drawn to, you know, having to be, you know, having to be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, kind of the typical jobs that kids see is like, you know, these might be the only options. Um, and so I think that there are, you know, so many realms of possibilities. And, you know, obviously we're going to continue to fill those roles of jobs that we normally have. But um, just allowing kids to really see the possibilities that are out there. You know, one that I talk about often is, you know, in the space program, let's say you're interested in space, but you're also really interested in cooking and food and cuisine. You know, someone has to prepare the food that goes up to the astronauts. You know, they do cargo missions, they prep the food. There are people that study um, like the, like the psyche and study like food fatigue. You know, the astronauts can't eat, you know, mac and cheese every single day. They would probably lose their mind. So someone actually sits there and studies, you know, what meals they're eating and how that's affecting them mentally um, how that is affecting you know their work and so that's not you know a job that you would necessarily directly connect to the space program um, you know there's almost every different field revolved around in space whether that's physical trainers or food or you know anything in between and so um, I definitely think that those are kinds of different job opportunities that we're trying to um, really get out there and like teach that there that there is those availabilities so really kind of do your research kind of delve into it delve into what you're really interested in um, kind of try to connect all your different interests and to kind of create that dream job you know I know that 
um, you know, when I was three saying that I wanted to become an astronaut and go to Mars and stuff, no one was talking about Mars. It wasn't something that was real. It wasn't um, a dream that could have been achieved at that time. But the more I've kind of worked towards it, the more of a reality it's becoming. So um, I think that's the cool thing about, you know, growing up is that technology and jobs are always developing. You know, there's going to be, especially in the space industry in general, there's going to be so many jobs that aren't that don't really exist right now, you know, that aren't a reality right now. And so don't necessarily be discouraged early on if you have some crazy dream or some crazy idea of some kind of career you want to go into. Just start start by doing your research, seeing what you can get into, what opportunities are kind of there to start off with, um, and then kind of continue on from there. I love how you talk about like connecting those unlikely passions and how they can lead to to really awesome traje trajectories like even you know fashion also in space like I know like they've been rethinking the suits and so you're right like everything kind of connects and it's hard sometimes for people to see but the food example is brilliant too. Yeah, a good example really quick with fashion was actually SpaceX new spacesuits. The guy who designed them, his typical day-to-day -day job is designing superhero costumes. So he um, he was brought in because he was, you know, had the superhero-like futuristic look. And so, you know, someone like that can definitely come in and um, even if you do costumes, can still help possibly with designing spacesuits. So there's all sorts of opportunities. Awesome. What about you, Jackie? Well, I believe that throughout our lives, we live great experience that um, provoke us in some way. So uh, maybe we, we don't know how to do or how to deal with this experience, but uh, that's how dreams are born in our life. So I think that sometimes they are all the time there just waiting us for looking inside and understand what motivates us and and if we see this in the future if you look in the future in and see a picture of who we want to be and where we want to be i think this is the the main uh the main thing about dreaming of a future of being someone so this is the dream, and once we see it, we can only pursue it, and without forgetting that all the path is already the 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 part of of the dream. So I think that people are always asking me, oh, what what was what are your dreams? And I, I just say, oh, I want to be uh, a great scientist. I want to be a great professor. But I always think that. Uh, all the, the way we get through through the this picture in the future is part of the dream. So I think that the dream is not uh, that place um, far away with uh, with what we are now, but uh, all the way to get to the dream. So I think that it's just like this: just uh, pursue your dream and be aware that all the the way is already the dream become true yeah that's really great advice like the the journey being part of that and for us to remember to enjoy the journey which i think yeah. is always tough for, at least for me personally i have trouble sometimes being a really focused person you kind of forget to enjoy those moments and enjoy you know that trajectory and i love the idea of having a picture of yourself like 
who do you want to become you know like how can you keep bettering yourself and evolving I think that's incredible advice you know thinking about how both of your work really revolves around like humanity and helping humanity um so the year is 2033 and Alyssa has successfully kicked that soccer ball on Mars um and we're going to colonize Mars and we get a fresh start on this brand new planet and you guys both get one wish for this fresh start what would you wish for um I mean that's a pretty intense question I would say um <laughs> I mean I definitely think that you know as we look towards colonizing Mars you know it's not um obviously you know we're gonna have I guess, like almost like a clean slate with Mars, but I do think that the goal is to build off of Earth, you know, kind of the idea is, you know, if population is, is to continue to grow, it's possible to have like a second place to live and a second place to kind of continue to grow as a planet. Um, but, you know, I think that the ultimate wish would be to be able to, um, you know, sustain Mars in a good way and being able to sustain kind of the beauty it has now, you know, obviously the ideas of, colonizing Mars revolve around a lot of changing of Mars. And, um, you know, a lot of that is in good ways. You know, we'd rather oxygen, the carbon dioxide filled, uh, filling up the atmosphere. But um, <laughs> there are, you know, some other aspects of Mars that I think, you know, some of its, you know, landmarks in itself, its, um, you know, canyons and its mountains and um, so many just specific details that I think is important to also want to preserve that and its beauty of, you know, it, it being its own planet and not just wanting to just copy and paste a second Earth, but just kind of appreciating, um, you know, that we have this new second chance or, you know, we have this new place to be able to like work on, but also continue to appreciate that it is something new and it is something uh, in itself special. Yeah, I think I, I go in the same way. Uh, if, I, if I could wish something, my greatest wish is that humanity uh, as humanity, we could respect nature, just like uh, Alyssa said. Uh, if we follow uh, this basic rule, I think the the planet can be better than we have here now in Earth. So I think it's respect to nature and uh, love each other, uh, especially because we have uh, passing through so many uh, bad things that people are doing to the others. So I think that we, if we respect these two rules, we can, we can have a planet better than we have here now. So I think it would be this. Yeah, and I love the idea of also like bringing those learnings, you know, back to Earth. So a lot of people talk about the, is it the overview effect, Alyssa? Um, the astronauts feel when they're, yeah, you know, and a, a yeah, big part that or a big thing that astronauts come back with is, you know, when you're in space, seeing the Earth as a whole, you know, you can't see um, borders, you can't see, you know, separation between countries, between, you know, certain cities, there's kind of nothing like that, you know, you just see a whole planet and you see a very fragile, thin atmosphere holding us all, holding us all together. And so being able to kind of appreciate that um is something that is super important and you know a lot of astronauts say that um you know if we could just get more people to space to see this and to um you know actually see it in person and see really how fragile the earth is and really see you know how just you know where it's just a huge land mass there isn't necessarily all these borders that um 
that really stick out so much with us being down here. Um, so, you know, they always say, you know, if we could just get all these people to see this, then maybe that would fix our problems because we could all kind of understand a little better. Um, but yeah, no, it is a big thing that astronauts come back with. Wow. So, so cool. I definitely hope that we can find a way to translate that to people. It's amazing. Um, you know, since dreamers are always dreamers, I'm really curious to know what's on the frontier for both of you. So, Jacquelini, like, what do you have in mind once the situation kind of calms down? Like, are, are there any plans or dreams that are on your horizon? Well, I haven't had much time to talk about this or to think about this. So I think uh, when all this situation in Brazil is gone, I hope that probably it will be next year or two years uh, uh, ahead. I think I would like to make a break and try to travel to see more in the world and also to learn French, which is something that I, I want to do a while and I, I didn't have time yet. So I think uh, about training, uh, despite of being a great scientist and, and try to be a good professor in the university, I think you should be this, try to be a better person in the, in the world, just knowing more of cultures and, and try to learn a, a new language, I think should be this dream. It's a, it's a ordinary dream, but it's in this, in this time, it's a dream. Yeah, I know it's really cool and so cool how you are both so ex like you guys are both such explorers and everything that you do. So it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Alyssa, when you get back from Mars, do you have in mind like what would be the next frontier that you would want to tackle? Yeah, I mean, after kind of like this mission to Mars, you know, if like everything kind of goes, you know, as it's kind of planned, I guess, in my head. Um, the uh, the idea would be that I wouldn't necessarily go to space again. Um, so I'd actually retire from the astronaut corps after that um, point, just because of the length of the mission to Mars and you know all of the effects that space has on your bone density and your muscles. I wouldn't necessarily want to risk going to space again um, and kind of pushing my body even further, just because it's going to be harder and harder every single time to adapt back to gravity. Um, and so kind of since I wouldn't necessarily be an astronaut anymore, um, I'd probably either want to continue helping with it, some of the research that we bring back. So as they continue doing tests, possibly being involved in that. Um, but especially uh, just continuing to speak and inspire would be kind of the biggest thing I would say, just kind of continue traveling and um, inspiring, you know, other girls, other kids to want to either go into the space career or just in general follow whatever their dreams might be. Fantastic. Um, and when you guys look back, like a decade back, so Alyssa, you were nine years old at Space Camp talking to Sandra Magnus and Jacqueline, you were 20. Uh, what advice do you guys have for yourself back then? Like what advice does Alyssa have for the nine-year-old Alyssa? Yeah, I mean, I think that looking at like my nine-year-old self, um, things just, I mean, they still felt, you know, pretty far away. And, um, you know, I think I would just kind of talk to myself and like help me like realize what all I was getting myself into and kind of, um, 
you know, make her maybe think for a second what kind of crazy mess she has, she's actually thought of, um, just because definitely, you know, from nine on, it's just been kind of a crazy adventure, you know, traveling and speaking and doing some really awesome experiments and experiences, and so I just think that it would be really cool to kind of be, um, just kind of be aware of, you know, everything that is going to happen, um, not necessarily, like, to the point, um, there can be some surprises left for her, but <laughs> just kind of letting her realize all the craziness she's, she's kind of started. Yeah, I, I would say uh, to my old Jacqueline, it's just to not give up because everything, uh, even the darkest days, would be worth it. So I think the don't give up would be the, the great advice. I was surprised to find out that you fly planes on like here on earth, but you don't necessarily want to do that. You didn't want to, you found out, right, that you don't want to be like a pilot. So, so what you're going to be doing is much more, you like the idea of being that explorer, right? Someone who's going to go into the planet and kind of get to poke around and, and figure everything out from there. Yeah, I would always, you know, joke that I would, um, I've always wanted to just kind of hide and sit in the back seat for the way there and then once we get there you know I'll go out and I'll do all the things and um, start collecting <laughs> samples and um, you know testing the soil studying the atmosphere all kinds of um, tests about Mars and just kind of trying to understand it but um, I mean you know since you know starting flying and stuff you know I've definitely gotten more interested in flying you know I definitely love being able to fly and being able to kind of have that experience and um, I definitely think that is important, you know, skills to have, you know, just multitasking and there's just so many kind of little skills that you gain from doing that. But, you know, as much as I do love flying, I do love it as kind of something recreational, not necessarily something professional. Um, and I think that's important to realize that, yeah, you know, you can enjoy something that, um, maybe relates to your career in some way, but it doesn't necessarily have to be what you go into. I actually had a quick question. Um, I was going to ask, you know, like, how are, I guess, your emotions and stuff with, I guess, like all the newfound, I guess, fame or and whatnot, um, just cause, uh, you know, there's definitely like the level of excitement, of course, and all, but, um, you know, most of the time, you know, some people start to feel like pressure and stuff in terms of like, you know, is this post good and things like that. So I was just wondering like how you are feeling about all that or um, how I guess you're handling it all. Yeah, I think I didn't learn how to handle it this yet, especially because my my Instagram account, for example, I I, I lost it. <laughs> this is public now, so uh, everything I I want to post, uh, every video, maybe a story I want to do, I I have to think twice or maybe three, four times before I do, because I I don't wanna to be. Uh, I don't want this to come up different what I think. So I this is really difficult. And in parallel, I am still working in the in the lab, so I don't have time to to look, for example, to the cell phone every time. And it's difficult because some people send me some messages and I just uh, see two days before <laughs> later. So it's it's difficult because. My communication with my family is, is different now. They are always worried about my security and this kind of things. So my my father always 
advise me, please do not talk about politics because <laughs> it can be a little bit uh, insecure now and uh, think about what we are saying in the interviews and, and it's difficult because sometimes I just want to, to call them and tell about my day, for example, and they are always worried and I, I cannot talk to my friend, for example, because I am always in the lab and when I am not in the lab, I am giving some interviews or, or doing some call, for example. So it's, it's being difficult. Um, my routine has changed a lot and I, I don't know how to stop the, the people from getting into this pressure. I think it's the it's the it's the press of the fame. Like you 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 could say like this. I I, I think I, I would ask you the same because I, I see I am thirty years old and you are only nineteen. How is this being for you? Yeah, I mean for me, I mean it's kind of been exciting, kind of the way it's all progressed. I remember like first getting my Instagram account and you know I had like like 100 followers and I knew like every single follower like to the T like I knew like oh like oh yeah this person like I didn't know them personally but like um I was just like kind of in that kind of zone and the way it's progressed I mean it definitely is exciting um and you know it's surreal you know you don't really fully grasp you know what all is going on and I think that kind of is how it is for me you know I don't honestly like fully grasp that it is that many people um you know i still kind of feel like it's my same little hundred people or whatever talking um about you know space and having that interest for space but um i definitely think like the important thing is you know i never feel like pressured in any way to like like i have to make a poster um you know i think that that's such a weird like stigma that a lot of influencers talk about you know you have to post weekly or you have to be active all the time and keep your followers engaged and this yeah. and that and I'm like uh, like I'm not gonna like there's other important things I would say than necessarily like forcing a post or trying to come up with some random thing just to keep them engaged and whatnot so um, I think that has been also like a pretty interesting shift in like um, you know just wanting to share what you want to share and uh just kind of like enjoying kind of the process of like the people and um, definitely like the messages can be overwhelming and stuff. But, um, you know, every now and then even just like having that message of motivating someone or inspiring them, you know, it definitely has its pluses and like feel good moments to it. I wish you the best luck you could have in, in your life just because I think this is a revolutionary mission to go to Mars and I was just thinking, oh gosh, she's so lucky, <laughs> and uh, it's it's still like uh, I think it's huge what we are doing. So I thank you for all people in, in Earth you are doing this, and also congratulate you for your job and everything you are doing. I think it's pretty important. So yeah, thank you. you. Um, yeah, thank you. And I mean, all the same. I mean, hopefully, you know, work can maybe die down sometime in the near future with all this crazy mess coming, uh, going on. By now, you know, all the work that you do is so greatly appreciated with everything going on. So um, hopefully, you know, maybe you'll get time to maybe watch a few movies sometime soon, um, something like that. So 
hope everything stays good. Fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. Um, it's been so inspiring to talk to you. I really hope that you guys enjoyed the conversation, that you liked meeting each other. Uh, I can't say how inspired it's been, inspiring it's been to, to talk to both of you together, too. You're both incredible. Please count on me, too. I'm, I'm a big fan of both of you, and I'm totally going to be rooting for you guys, and I hope that we can do a lot of stuff in the future. Congrats on everything that you're doing. We Speak Dreams is a global community movement dedicated to you. That's right. This is dedicated to all the women and anyone who identifies as female. Through this project, we want to help inspire, connect, and empower female dreamers across the globe so that they can access their dreams and help support them to make their dreams a reality. It's really important to say that this isn't just another talk or interview show. That said, we are going to be hosting a series of incredible talks with some really phenomenal dreamers, just like Alyssa and Jacqueline, to really inspire you. Our hope is that maybe these talks spark something inside you. Maybe they remind you of dreams you have temporarily left behind or passions that you urgently need to cultivate and pursue. Maybe they remind you that nothing is impossible, no matter the challenges you're facing. If this talk inspires you, then you're in the right place. And we want to invite you to be part of a global community of dreamers. Having a community to support you is so important. And as we've heard today from Jacquedini and Alyssa, nobody achieves anything really big alone. That's why We Speak Dreams is not only about sparking inspiration, but it's also about connecting you to a global community and empowering you through an awesome mentorship program absolutely free of any cost or charge whatsoever. All powered by amazing dreamers who want to change the world and believe that we can really make it better. Please go to wespeakdreams.com to learn more, to be part of our community and get empowered by our free mentorship program. And also make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can be the first to find out about the amazing new episodes we have coming up. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jacqueline and Alyssa. This is going to be really, really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.